Hello. What up? <laughs> hey there. This is Tyler Corsair. I just wanted to say thank you for the continued time and effort you've put into both this podcast and your blog. The whole worldwide Tesla community greatly appreciates it. Keep it up. Kudos to Kristen and Omar. Much love from the Baria and Coding Mark. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Whole Mars podcast. Today we have K10. Hello. And me, Omar. Boom. <laughs> so, uh, K10, uh, we were both at a battery day a few weeks ago. Right. Why don't we start off just talking about that? So battery day, we've been looking forward to battery day since Elon talked about it on our third row podcast back in January, like hankering yeah. for it as he keeps pushing it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a long time coming. Yeah, definitely. So why do you think they kept pushing it back? Uh, God, that is interesting. Um, Because it was scheduled in April at one point, and then it got changed to July. And then September, and then it got pushed back a little in September again. Uh, just, right. I think COVID, COVID and regulations, I think, uh, is it Alameda County? What is the county down there? Yeah. Yeah. I think COVID basically kind of ruined Battery Day. You know, I think that Elon wanted it to be something in person, and he wanted us to all be able to walk through the cell production line. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, of but of course, then they had to kind of put everyone in separate cars and you know it was a different kind of experience and obviously they couldn't have everybody tour the battery line i think they had some of the like vip investors uh tour the battery line but obviously with the pandemic and everything and then i think the other factor was it actually delayed production right you had all these factory shutdowns originally the plaid model s was supposed to ship this year right and now they're saying you know maybe end of next year so i think COVID did actually delay the production. And I think they were hoping to actually ship the new cells this year right. uh, by the end of the year with Plaid Model S. But obviously when you shut down the factory and then have all these other costs and everything and you still want to be profitable, I think that probably pushed it back a little bit. And that's why they wanted to push back the event too. Yeah, that completely makes sense. I mean, when Drew was talking about it and the quarterly earnings, just to keep production up to par and to fulfill the orders and everything they had right then and get the products. I think they were like flying in different pieces of what they needed, right? When they usually ship it in, but they were flying it in just to get it in in time. Right. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the whole experience. How did you get to battery day? You know, what happened when you, when you got there, you know, what were your initial impressions? So to get to battery day, let's see. Um, I was not originally invited. <laughs> you were not originally yeah, invited. <laughs> me either. Did you get me in somehow? Um, well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there was a what people were putting forth petitions for us, making slideshows for us. So I think it got Tesla's attention. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Um so so yeah, uh did you drive down there? Or? Yeah, I drove down there. It was yeah, it was a, a lengthy drive, but I, I drove down there and I was ready. But you have you have FSD, right? Oh, yeah, I have F FSD. Yeah, I bought that so, with that quarterly push. So did you actually get the computer upgrade before you left? Yeah, I got it um, 
Yeah, I got it right when we got back from the Phoenix headquarters meeting with Trevor. <laughs> that week <laughs> I had, <laughs> I think it was that week or the week after I had the, um, the FSD hardware three installed. Nice. So Oregon to, you know, Fremont, what is that like 14 hours or something? It's it's 12 hours. Technically, it could be less, but um, you got to like eat and do other things, you know, so. Right. So what did you think with 12 hours of autopilot getting to battery day? Um, well, it's the i5 and the i5 is cutthroat a bit, but um, it's not bad in some areas. I definitely loved it. Um, did I, you I, drive yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I drove myself all the way down. I drove by myself. And then I used no, I mean, FSD. I mean, did you drive manually or did um, you use autopilot? I used both. Just because I the autopilot at times is not aggressive enough for me. So I'll take over. <laughs> yeah, true. Right. Right. I got to the uh, greater San Francisco area, stayed. I came a day early, maybe a day or two early, just so I could like relax and get ready. Because the day before there was a bunch of meetups, people getting together. The day of, we lined up. God, what time did we line up? I think we had to be there at noon. I don't even remember right now. We yeah, like, something like that. We we lined up, I think, an hour and a half, two hours early. I was with Kim Paquette. Um, I was with Kim Paquette and Vincent. Um, and mm -hmm. and we waited in line. We greeted people, and Kim and me started taking notes that there was not a lot of ladies in line. That was kind of interesting. Like that's just like a lot of guys out here, but um, a lot of fanboys. A lot of fanboys. <laughs> <laughs> they were passing out sunscreen, telling us to you know, giving us water, telling us to stay hydrated. Um, getting excited right. to get in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think for people who wanted to go, but couldn't go, it was like, if you were watching the live stream in your car, it was a pretty similar experience to actually being there minus, you know, seeing people in real life, but there were some people actually standing outside, like Mark and a few other people who weren't even didn't have a ticket but they just showed up anyway outside just to hang out and say hi oh yeah that was cool yeah to meet up with some of the community but yeah i mean because of the pandemic and everything it was pretty much not really like any other event where everyone was in a separate car it, although you actually cheated and got out of your car and came into my car at one point right like my yeah, that's funny. My screen stopped giving audio for about 10 minutes and I couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, I can't, if I, if I downloaded on my phone, it was like a three minute delay. So it was completely absurd. So I... Yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of strange, like technical issues like that. Like I turned off the FM radio because I didn't realize the audio was broadcasting out of there. And it started, me and Galley were both like, I can't hear anything. Like what's going on? <laughs> so it was, a, it was a little bit of a strange event because of the safety restrictions and you know, if you didn't make it, you probably had a pretty similar experience to everyone else on the rise live stream. Except the one cool thing was getting to see all the cars in the front. The cars part of sexy cars. Right. Yeah. Really glad that they had those. Elon said they would be there. And and the and the Tesla security was very adamant about keeping your mask on. I mean, if we took our mask off, I think I took it off to eat some tacos from Alvin from um, West mm -hmm. Coast Burritos at one point and they were watching us and they kept around. Oh yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He got he's hilarious. I think, I think he got kicked off premises after a while, but he's so sweet. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he said they that's made typical. him lose. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's harsh. Come on. I know. But um, but so yeah, you know, what did you think about the actual event when the presentation started? I mean, this is something that's been hyped up for so long. What did you think about what the plan that Yon and Drew actually presented? I thought it was amazing. I thought, I thought it was what some of the things I was like, yes, like I knew that, like that's what they're gonna do, or like that's awesome. I think it. I think for people like us who keep abreast with all the information, we kind of knew what was coming to some degree. But for like the average analyst or the average Joe, like it was a lot over their heads. It it wasn't quite at their level. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, it was so technical. And most people don't even know basic things about electric vehicles, right? They don't understand like battery capacity or, you know, kilowatts versus kilowatt hours or that sort of thing. Like people don't know anything about electric vehicles. So these like nitty gritty details of how to make a battery cell, it was just way over people's head. And it was just so many numbers. I think people just didn't know what to make of it. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun to yeah. watch everyone around us get excited who knew, like Alex I mean, from I, Germany and Galley. <laughs> I mean, I like, obviously, I liked it a lot too. If you understand it, it's like, you know, holy shit. Um, and it's interesting how we kind of knew about all of these things, but what we didn't realize is how significant they are together, rolled right. up into one, right? And that's what's really interesting about this, right? People have been saying, okay, how do electric vehicles get to this point where they're cheaper than gas cars and electric is just cheaper in every way from, from day one, the sticker price is lower. Right. And people have been saying, well, you need some kind of solid state battery. You need some revolutionary new battery technology. But what Tesla came out and said is, hey, we can make a better lithium ion cell. You know, this isn't some revolutionary new technology with a whole new production system that's going to be really expensive. We basically have five things that are between 7 and 20%, which are, you know, it's not like a 50% improvement or a 100% improvement. It's a 7% improvement, you know, 15% improvement, a 20% improvement. But add it all together, you cut the cost in half more than half 56% of the cost of the battery pack, which is the most expensive part of the vehicle gone right. while enabling 54% range, more mm -hmm. range than before. And at the same time, 70% of the cost of the mm -hmm. machines you need to build the cells, they're just gone. 70% of the cost gone, which means you can build a lot more cell lines a lot more quickly. I mean, what did you think about that? Were you caught off guard by just like, the magnitude of those numbers is, is it something you expected or what, what was your reaction when you heard those figures? I was pretty excited. Um, no, I think Elon, he was so excited and Elon is so efficient in what he does. So like that is obviously like what they've been trying to do is bring down the cost and they need to up like ramp up like the battery production in order to like fulfill what they need to do to move forward in the future. So it completely made sense what they were doing, but the numbers were really high. I was, I, I was excited. They were that high. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's awesome. Yeah. They're, you know, they're lighter and, weight as well. Right. 
you know, they said it's going to be 10% reduction in body mass uh, with these, with the new battery design they're doing. So that means the range increase could have actually been even more than that. But they decided to reduce the mass 10% mm -hmm. and have a higher uh, watt hour per kilogram and still improve the range 54%. So that's, that's really exciting. And I think this pretty much went over everybody's head. Uh, the media reaction was kind of like people called it a disappointment, right? Is that right. kind of what you sensed? Well, that, I think it's silly. I mean, the analysts are so off. I mean, sorry, <laughs> yeah, Jonas, it's like if Jonas is the medium of the analysts, like they're all kind of like in that circle and they just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, they really don't. And it's amazing because if you actually understand the implications of what they announced, and it's funny because Tesla actually tried to downplay it a little bit. Right. Because I think they kind of had to because, you know, they want to sell cars. But if you actually listen to the details of what they're saying, this is like earth shattering, right? I mean, people have long theorized that $100 per kilowatt hour is the price at the pack level that you need for an EV to be cheaper than a gas car in every segment, right? So any gas car you can make, you can put an EV for the same price, and then they still get the fuel savings and maintenance savings on top of that. And Sandy Monroe estimates the Model Y is at $108 right now. So 56% so reduction would be $48 a kilowatt right. hour. Tesla didn't just meet the $100. They're saying that they have, you know, they're at half the cost of what you need to make an EV cheaper than a gas car. So if this is true, <laughs> and, you know, they say this is based on real batteries and real cars that they got these numbers from, if this is true, you know, it's going to change the whole world. It's a revolution. Um, and we know now that they're full steam ahead on productionizing this. This isn't a science experiment. Gigafactory Berlin is scheduled to start production in like June of 2021, right? Isn't yeah. that what it says on the website? Yeah. And Elon, Elon just said today they're going to be using 4680 cells in the Model Y there. Yeah. So this is not like, you know, I think Elon is like, yeah, you know, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> it's going to be like a few <laughs> years. Oh, really? How long? Well, as soon as we finish Berlin and Austin, it's like, oh shit, you get the construction's going pretty quick. You know, it's not going to be that long. You know, maybe in nine months, someone will be using a product with this new technology that they talked about. Which, like, yeah. that's real. It's like we have a dramatically better, you know, battery and we're putting it into production now. And, you know, Elon's emphasizing, hey, it's going to take a long time to get into volume production, you know, they said the yield is low, but I mean, I don't think anyone expected them to have those kind of numbers and to be putting it into production in Austin and Berlin right now, plus the pilot line in Fremont. Right. Which I wish we saw. That would be so cool. I mean, we had the video, but yeah, I totally. Yeah. Agree. We saw a little bit of video. Galley found a way to sneak in somehow. He sounds some, one of the security guards was like a hyper change fan or something. Well, technically, and uh, got him. 
Yeah, technically. Yeah, he has his ends. Technically, we were in the VIP lounge earlier, Vincent and I <laughs> and Sophie and, and uh, the lady in charge. Ann kept on saying that we had the wrong badges. She's like, you have the wrong badges. And then we. we oh, yeah, yeah. They were telling me that. We too. ran into Martin but, Vietza, uh, he, and he's like, hey, guys, he knew who we were. <laughs> but um, it's funny. Uh, Gally actually was talking to me a little bit uh, at our hotel later about getting in there. And he said the analysts were just asking the dumbest questions. He was like, yeah, they were asking about GM. And GM says prismatic cells are better. It's like, wow, these guys really just do not understand what they just heard. He said one guy got up and left in the middle of the presentation who was there in the car. He and his wife were like talking on the phone the whole time and then they just left. I think I saw them. I think so, they were right. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a lot of people just didn't get it. Um, Maybe we should but, be the analysts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're kind of amateur analysts right For now, sure. armchair analysts. Um but yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's re it's really interesting. What do you think about, um, you know, some of these products we heard about? The $25,000 car and the Plaid Model S. So the $25,000 car, I was hankering out way before. Because he, he was saying that they'd have one come out of Berlin. And then he was saying they were going to have one come out of Berlin and Shanghai. And I kept on saying, you mm -hmm. know, if you've driven in Rome. You, right. You, That's the interesting, weird part. Yeah. Because he said it's actually going to be designed both places. They're doing a, a compact model out of both places. Yeah, which is designed by local designers. And I love that because it's like this unique twist when you make it your own. You love it even more. But I mean, you know, the roads are, are small in some of those areas. Like when you're in Rome, you, you like a small little teeny vehicle. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think all car companies actually have vehicles that are designed for certain markets um because places are just different if you think about the cyber truck right. the cyber truck is kind of like an american only car elon said you know okay we, if we bring it to europe it's going to have to be you know redesigned as a little bit smaller version to fit in their streets and all that, that um, so i think it's almost kind of similar yeah exactly i think it's almost kind of similar how the cyber truck is for north america and Europe and China will design their own cars, too, that will launch in their regions and maybe make it to other regions in some form. But, you know, America doesn't really care for compacts as much as Europe and China. Well, heck no. When you're driving on roads with these huge trucks, if they run you over, you're not, you know, like a smart car is a stupid car. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a different country. So this is kind of an interesting thing because, you know, France has designed all the cars right. so far. So, I mean, I think it's kind of exciting. We're really seeing kind of a whole new Tesla kind of uh, grow right now. Yeah, it's a whole new. Um, yeah, where, you know, you have car design teams on different continents and uh, they're designing different vehicles. Um, the Plaid Model S is a 500 mile range. Yeah. And... I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to make it with those pilot cells in Fremont. That's how I feel too. I mean, I feel like they already, I feel like that's exactly what they're gearing up to do. I think the plaid, and do you think it'll be a limited car? Do you think it'll be a cap on it or it can just be, how long do you think they'll offer it? On the plaid, the plaid model less, I think that, um, you know, I think it's going to be here to, uh, to stay. It seems like, um, they may be redesigning the car, right? Uh, so, you know, people have been saying this forever. Um, and 
I kind of just roll my eyes at it because the Model S is already a great car. But with the Plaid, you're going to be taking advantage of the higher power of the 4680s. I think both the Roadster and the Model S are going to use the 4680 cells and the structural pack and all of those new innovations that we heard about. Definitely. And and uh, that'll that'll give it more power and uh, do these thi- and do these other things. So, if you're gonna have to redesign the vehicle for a structural pack, and presumably, you know, that also means they're gonna cast the whole front and the back of the car, uh, just like they do with the Model Y, huh. um, because that's kind of the structural pack design. So, if you're already redesigning the car, uh, where you're changing the manufacturing method that much. Um, I think that you're going to see, you know, it, it may not be the only thing that changes. And when you're talking about a $140,000 car, um, you know, I think it's got to be really great, really nice. Uh, and there may be some other stuff planned. It's interesting. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. People who reserve. Go ahead. Yeah, people who reserved, you know, when they got the invoice on the order form, it said Model S $65,000 and then Plaid was another 75000 on top of that. So wow. maybe they were kind of hinting that there's going to be a $65,000 Model S. Maybe this new battery technology actually, you know, brings down the price of an entry version or what do you think about that? That's kind of exciting. Um, It makes me feel like there's like this Plaid Model S design that's going to be released. Like he was talking about a Plaid day, like, like he's going to release this this super new sexy plaid that is nobody has seen before. That's a little bit different than the regular S that people are going to want. Because, I mean, it's up there in price. I mean, what is it, like 50, 60 less than the Roadster? So it's... Yeah, I guess it's about $60,000 less than the Roadster. Or actually, how much is the Roadster? Yeah, 200000 So 60000 less than the Roadster. Yeah, I, I feel like it almost needs its own debut, but... It's exciting. I, I think between that uh, compact vehicle that's coming out and then this Platus, that's kind of the new thing that people want to see because we haven't seen it, you know? And I do think that Franz is kind of worked slightly on that on that compact a little bit. I think he's kind of a bit, but then he'll throw it to the teams to finish it because they've obviously talked about it. It's been in their heads, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I have a question for you. Yes. Oh, yeah? Will other manufacturers follow Tesla after battery day? They displayed what they did. How do you think they will follow Tesla? Like they they raised the bar, they set the precedence. What is your take on that? Well, Battery Day was really a call to arms for the whole industry. I mean, I think Tesla said we can make three terawatt hours by 2030, but we need 20 terawatt hours, right? Right. So Tesla can't make all the world sell production themselves. And I think they're going to keep buying heavily for suppliers. And a lot of the point of the presentation was really to, to tell the other car companies, Hey, get off your ass and do something. (laughs) You need to, you need to be doing this too. You need to be, you need to be making terawatt hours of batteries or else you're not going to be able to compete with us. And that's what Elon really needs. He, I don't think he believes that he can build all the world's batteries himself. This needs to be something that dozens of companies all over the world are working on. 
And I think Tesla is going to keep buying batteries from Cattle, LG Chem, Panasonic, right. and even add more partners and in addition to making their own cells. So a lot of questions still about the future, but really only from everybody making batteries, can we really get the low cost that we need to make every car electric? Because part of the reason why polluting cars are so cheap is we have this amazing hundred-year-old diverse infrastructure supply chain yep. of yeah exactly and just huge economies of scale for making millions of cars so we need the same thing in batteries and that was really the biggest thing about battery day it wasn't just this is what we're doing it's this is what we all need to do and this is what has to be done if we want to transition to sustainable energy. It's kind of like the idea when you go rock climbing or like when people go up the Himalayas, they have to lay the ley lines or the lines, like the belay lines for other people to follow. So like someone's already gone before and made it easier for someone to follow up because when you like hike the Himalayas, there's already like ropes that are already there and people have gone before you. So that's kind of what Tesla is doing. Yeah, definitely. I like that analogy. Where do you think this takes them? What do you think this means in the near term? What are the first kind of implications of battery day you think we're going to see? Well, I think it, it brings down cost. And I think they can either they mm. can either push that into advancing more, I mean, building more giga factories, or they can mm -hmm. drop the cost of the car. I mean, but right now it's, it's right. selling batteries right now. That's the biggest thing. So getting more batteries made. I think, I think the Cybertruck... $40,000 price was a big surprise for everybody. Oh, yeah. That's a Model 3. And <laughs> right. It, at this time, it was the same price as a Model 3. So it's kind of like, okay, how can you have this bigger car that needs a bigger battery and keep the same price as the Model 3? And I think the 4680 cells were a big part of this. Fascinating. True. Yeah. So they're... I mean, wouldn't you love to like go in the back room and see this master master plan that no one sees the one that we guesstimate on all the time? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess only Elon and the top executives really know all those details, but I mean, I think that is kind of the really interesting thing about battery day is it enables products that weren't possible before. True. Like the Cybertruck is just a completely different kind of electric vehicle. It defies all the stereotypes of what you think. In the past, you couldn't make an electric vehicle that was that big and still have 500 miles of range. It would just be like ridiculously expensive. It, it just would not be technologically feasible. So now you can build a semi-truck. You can build a pickup truck. And it's all because of these new cells. And the Roadster will be... Same thing with Plaid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 640 miles on the Roadster, 520 miles plus on the Plaid Model S. These are just a different kind of... I mean, 500 miles, that's like more range than some gas cars in that segment. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Diesel over in Germany that competes with that, right? Right, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that, that is true about the Cybertruck, how it's... I mean... Before Tesla, it was we were looking at the Prius on the road, <laughs> or we were looking right. at what was the 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 one that got smashed. Everyone liked it, and then like they recalled it, and you would see it like smashed in a in a junkyard. 
Oh, the EV one. Yeah, like that actually wasn't that bad, but I guess it just didn't fly. So, I mean, the Cybertruck is almost like we're doing so well. We've got this artistic rendition that we're going to put our love and heart into and we're going to make it everything we want and we can make it, which is just crazy that they, I mean, it's awesome that they can do it. It's really exciting, especially now that we know it's going to be the first car in the United States with the new battery technology. Well, besides Plaid Model S, so we'll see which one ships first. But I think the first car, the first vehicle that a lot of people can afford with the new batteries is going to be the Cybertruck. Yeah, and made in Texas. With the, with the Yeah, which is which is really cool. It's going to be the new factory, all brands banking new. You know, Fremont was always kind of a hodgepodge of different buildings, right? They have to move the cars from one place to another, move it from the body shop to the paint shop. Right. Um, you know, they've got, you know, a tent, right? It, you know, it's, I mean, it's not, it's a, you know, they call it a sprung structure. So it's a tent basically. Um, it was like a hand. And they're making. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a handmade down. Yeah, they're making work. car. I mean, it was what they had. They made, made do. You're right. I mean, they didn't have money for a car factory, so they ha that was the car factory they got, which was GM and Toyota were going bankrupt, and they gave them Fremont. So they made it work for Model 3 and Model S and Model X, but these new factories like Shanghai and Berlin and Texas, they're being built from the ground up yeah. for Tesla yeah. and their assembly line. So these are going to be really, really great vehicles. And the Cybertruck is going to have the new battery. It's going to be enable a lot more range at a lot less of a price. It, and it's going to have that Starship. It's going to have. It's going to be the ability to temper have, it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty cool because the Starship is also made in Texas. Yeah. And the Cybertruck is also going to be made in Texas. Uh -huh. I think there's definitely a cool factor there. As you see astronauts going up to space in SpaceX rockets and Starship being built, there's kind of just like a cool factor to the story there. And by the time it launches, I think autopilot is going to be feature complete uh, right. and very, very good. Well, um, and it's kind of the perfect car for autopilot. Yeah. In a way. Go ahead. I want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of the perfect car for autopilot just because there's no paint, right? It's so tough. Um, and you don't really have to worry about if the car's driving off by itself and say a rock hits <laughs> it or, you know. It's Mad Max tough. It's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you can really send it out or you can really go travel the country in it and just not worry about damaging your car or drive all you want in the cyber truck and uh, put it on autopilot and go see the country and your car still looks just as good as new. I think uh, there's something really cool there. And also the power out and other features. There's a lot of really interesting uh, stuff they're, they're bringing in. Elon always said, you know, we can't even tell you how good I mean, it we is. We can camp out in it and we can, we can recharge with the solar cells. Like, yeah. I mean, that's really interesting too. The first vehicle that actually combines their solar technology and lets you charge with solar in addition to, uh, you know, power in and power out. Right. Very exciting. 
it's interesting to watch how the gigas are improving with each, each iteration as well. I mean, we're going to have Berlin, but smack back on the back of it, we're going to have Texas open up too, you know? It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really interesting how they're able to just put all the battery lines right there and integrate them right in with the vehicle production. I mean, traditionally, they've had to move all the batteries from Nevada to Fremont. And now they're making the batteries, the cells, everything all under one roof. Um, and they're able to do it with a lot smaller footprint. I mean, for Plaid Model S, you're even going to see cars made at Fremont with batteries made at Fremont probably. So it's just amazing how much more efficient they're getting with each new factory, how much better the design is getting and how much more capital efficient it is. Definitely. Then we're going to see the new paint color lab coming out of Berlin. What colors do you think will be introduced? Probably that kind of purplish red color that we saw in Elon's the, car. The maybe. Crimson? Yeah. And uh, whatever was on that Roadster, hopefully they offer that yeah. at Battery Day. That looked pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that looked. It look, see, that was my first instinct too. Is that it was that they had tested it, that they had redone it or something, or added extra paint to it to give it that sheen and that depth. Yeah, I think so. The, it, that wasn't normal paint. There was something about it, um, and I think they, that may have been a trial of their new color lab thing. That's gonna be cool. Do you think they'll bring back like a? A British racing green or something a little bit more classic. I know that a lot of people had hoped for that. Um, I have no idea, <laughs> but I guess we'll find yeah. out soon because in less than a year, they'll be delivering cars to customers. True. So we'll see what it is. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, what's happening with Trevor. Hey. So you heard about, you know, how he's suing David Bateman, yeah. right? I'm not surprised. What, what do you mean you're not surprised? Just because, I mean, he was going on interviews with ARK Investment. He was going on interviews with Tesla Daily. I think, did he do an interview with Ed Ludlow? I can't remember if it was Ed and he'd already. Um, he'd, yeah, that's right. It was and Ed he Ludlow. And Ed already with a lawsuit. And then after seeing the Johnny Robb stuff, before we went out to Phoenix, like my, my red flag kind of went up like, ooh, he's like Sue happy. Mm -hmm. If you don't purvey or like you don't display him the way he feels, like he will sue you for defamation. That's how I felt. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's actually very strange because he said in the lawsuit that the texts that David posted were true. Oh, that's crazy. Did you catch no, that? No, I didn't. That's crazy. And he's, and he's like... Well, so he, I don't know if you remember, but when we went to lunch with mm -hmm. him and we had him tell us the Johnny Rob story, he kind of made it sound like Johnny had photoshopped those texts, right? Like that he had made like them Johnny up was on, and they yeah, weren't Yeah, like Johnny real. was on drugs and Johnny was like just going to extort him. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, but do you remember specifically, like, he said, like, he just doctored the text and they they never actually happened? He, he definitely conveyed something like that. Like, I've been a victim and this guy's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and he did, I'm pretty sure he actually said that Johnny had basically photoshopped the text together and they weren't real. But even though they weren't real, they could damage his reputation. And... You know, I had always wondered what was it right. right that was so bad. I mean, Johnny was like his friend for 15 years. He went to his wedding. Like, what was it? 
And then when David finally heard the recording and posted, he said, you know, Johnny wasn't making this yeah. up. These are the texts. And, you know, so my first thought was, okay, were these the Photoshop texts? Is this real? Mm. Like, you know, people can make up a lot of stuff, right? But, you know, it seemed plausible. So, you know, I said, okay, maybe it's true. And, of course, it got reported in the media and all that, and all these other women came forward with similar stories, which made it seem more and more likely to be true. But then in the lawsuit, Trevor said he went as far as going to women and getting texts of private conversations I had before I was married. And it's like, uh, so now you're saying that these texts are true, but you're still going to sue him for defamation? Right. Because you said you're presented out of context. I mean, what do you think on that? Don't you think, I mean, I don't know if you could put yourself in his shoes, but do you think you would feel, you know, shame and want to just kind of stay out of the spotlight? Or what do you think kind of makes him want to go out and sue David Bateman when he knows and admitted that this is true and more facts might come out in the lawsuit. Well, I think what you just said there, more facts might come out and there probably is more to come forward. I think this is a way to scare other people off. And I think, um, I mean. Yeah. You know what? You're so right. Because I heard that from a lot of the women who had, these text messages like some you know i heard someone say something like you know i'm a single mom yeah i don't want to deal with some billionaire coming after me so there that's kind of the most interesting idea i heard that he sued him because he doesn't want anyone else to come forward I mean, and make the situation worse what is it i mean like oh so I, I think his reputation is down the tubes i think he's scared i think he's yeah. i think the pent-up frustration of hiding this for so long and the pent up frustration of just where Nicola has been in the spotlight and, and um, people debunking things. I think he wants to take it out somewhere and he just needs a channel. And, and apparently there's bad blood between him and David Bateman, whether I mean, it doesn't sound like David Bateman actually did anything wrong. I think David Bateman is, is taking a stance to stand up for people who feel like they didn't have the power to have a voice. And I think the whole Johnny Robb thing mm -hmm. is strange. I think, I mean, if your friend is going to do something so bad, why in the world would you get the FBI involved? It's not like I, I'm assuming Johnny wasn't going to go stab him and kill him. Like, why would you get the FBI involved mm -hmm. unless you really were that scared? You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think he, he really wanted to hide it. And I mean, David did a really brave thing by speaking up. Right. You know, knowing that, you know, Trevor was going to be upset and. Trevor resigned like one or two days after David posted those texts. Right. right. So everyone's everyone's reporting that it was the Hindenburg that that did Trevor in. I think Hindenburg knocked him down. Right. But David Bateman was the straw that broke the camel's back. Hindenburg just had a bigger platform to make it louder. David Bateman had the history to back up what was really going on. And people did say things like about his um the relative that had stepped forward and said something they're like well she could be lying and right. i said you know honestly why would you make family parties and the rest of your family that uncomfortable the rest of your life like if anything like most people hush that stuff <laughs> right. up right 
Yeah, I mean, I think when you have multiple women coming forward, it it just starts to become more and more convincing. It's like, okay, you know, and the it it sounds like Trevor too. <laughs> but uh, you know, the thing I just can't get over is just why pay girls to hook up with some random guy. Hmm. You know, like if you're going to pay somebody to have sex, usually you want it to be with you, right? Not, you know, some other random guy. What do you make of that? He was testing their boundaries. I, I probably get, probably getting <laughs> off on the conversation. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, and possibly yeah, very strange. He's got some guy friends that, you know, I mean, I don't know what he does in Vegas, obviously. <laughs> like, maybe he went to <laughs> Vegas a lot. Like, I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. So that's strange. But what do you think is going to happen to Nicola? I mean, do you think they're going to be able to kind of move past this and kind of put Trevor in their past and maybe, you know, build some BV trucks? Or how do you think this all plays out long term? Boy, I think they're, I think they're playing a... Um... The courting game with GM right now is very shaky. And I think they're probably right. hanging on to that. It really, a, a lot of it comes down to that, right? Right. I mean, if they get thrown a bone and GM go, cuts its cuts its losses and goes its way, which I wouldn't doubt they do any day now. Like, um, I mean, because they're going to, they're going to, they already have like other vehicles, right? The electric Hummer they're already tr- planning on putting out. It's not like Nickel is doing them a service, you know? Right. They actually came to GM for their fuel cells yeah which is like i mean who knew that gm had been working on fuel cells for 50 years and they've never put it in a product (laughs) and nicola goes hey our fuel cell is so shitty we need your 50 year old fuel cell right and gm is like yeah it's actually better a lot of people think the deal was about the badger but they just kind of threw that in actually later on so if gm doesn't want to do a deal with them game over they don't even have a fuel cell they need to go you know do it the deal with Bosch or something like that but GM probably doesn't realize the extent of the reputational damage it does because it just makes them look like they don't do their diligence and they don't know what they're doing yeah definitely I mean they put like about two billion dollars worth of research into their fuel cells over the years so when they contracted with Nikolai they basically got handed that money back and then they got their EV credits Right. So it just looked like a cheap yeah, deal, that's you true. Know? Like, yeah, it looked like it had a lot of benefits for them, but it, it depends on a lot of things. Um, they got paid mostly in stock, right. so <laughs> that stock lost half its value. That's interesting, and that's probably a big part of why they're renegotiating is they want probably twice as much stock now since it got cut in half, right? Right. I mean, I would think. Um, you know, you would want to do that if the deal hadn't closed yet. Yeah, I think Nicola's on shaky ground for sure. I mean, I already know how I feel about hydrogen and it being reinvented by the oil industry just to be <laughs> <laughs> relevant. Yeah, I think all these hydrogen products are kind of doomed to fail, especially with what you heard at Battery Day. Any conceivable possible use case for the fuel cell kind of got destroyed by what Tesla 
unveiled a battery day. Yeah. And the confidence that Drew and Elon bantered playfully back and forth on stage was very refreshing. I mean, it just shows that they are so at ease and confident about this. It was really, it was a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really like, you know, a refined Apple presentation. It was kind of just like a tech talk. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? So that was really interesting. And people didn't really understand it, but they'll understand the products when they see them. I think so, for sure. It's going to be exciting. The semi, the semi, I mean, the Tesla semi through all this is going to be shining. It's, I'm sure, like, the contractors with Nikola are reassessing that right now and looking at Tesla, you know? But that's going to be a really huge product. And I think you've seen a lot of orders uh, pour in as it gets closer to production. I mean, so many, so much of the vehicle uh, emissions are from semi-trucks. True. The other thing is that on highways, it's pretty easy to automate. Right. So I think it'll be one of the first uh, real use cases for autonomy is just uh, automating those long distance trips. And they'll be doing those from the Fremont factory to Sparks, Nevada first, correct? Or is it Vegas? Yeah, I think they said that was. Yeah, I think they said that was one of their first uh, first use cases they were going to do. That'll be good. Let's think in some of these questions. How about the Tesla PR? What do you think about that? That's kind of hot right now. Well, I think that's actually kind of old news. It is. I mean, it is kind of like what has always been spoken. It was just like all of a sudden announced. I think that you know they've they stopped doing that PR stuff a long time ago. Everyone just thought it was news because there was an electric article written about it. But, you know, this is something that happened last year earlier. Um, you know, they stopped answering <laughs> questions from the press, basically. Like, Elon even blocked some oh of them. Gosh. Yeah, I think I asked him about one and he unfollowed them. I'm like, why are you? Back when the FUD was really bad and people <laughs> were playing both sides. And it was just like, yeah. why do you, why do you give them your ear if they're just going to play you? And I think he prefers the citizen yeah, journalist think... over the professional journalist. Yeah, you know, I think he has a new strategy, which is, you know, talk to the customers and let the journalists cover it. If you talk to them a lot of times, you know, it just ends up making you look bad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's what he said about the Cybertruck. He's like, you, you ask the customers for what they want. Someone said, how do you stay so positive? With a bunch of toxic fanboys. I saw that. Um, me, myself. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I see myself as positive as people see that. I guess I know myself more. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like people need encouragement. I don't know. I, I just, I guess yeah. like when, when things get hard, I kind of dig in and want to find the best in things and encourage people to find the best in things. That's just me. So, I, and the toxic fanboys aren't as toxic as they what if it's just silly drama, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's so... All right, it's the Pope says, the Pope says, discuss who's your favorite Pope. <laughs> He's our favorite Pope. What do you think? Yeah, well, that's an obvious one. He, you know, Pope of Mus Muscanity, Rational Etienne, definitely our favorite Pope. I think we can both agree on that one pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't even know what the other Pope is doing. <laughs> Futurama King says, we want to hear Omar complain about Aaron in the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. You know, Aaron's a giant piece of shit. 
can't spend too much time worrying about, you know, you have to just stop. You have to try and not think about him as much as possible because he's just insane. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he's this crazy stalker guy following everything I do. Um, they try and get into your mind and, you know, dominate your mind and I don't hate him or anything like that. You know, I think he's just a little bit delusional. You know, I think he just thinks that I work for Elon or something like that. I mean, he's had a shitty life. Yeah. With uh, Mark Zuckerberg and uh, all that. I mean, can you imagine Mark Zuckerberg asks you to start Facebook with him and you say no? Right. I think he... I mean, he could have been a billionaire. Yeah, that's, I mean, that... And instead, he's a loser. That's, that saddens me when people get hung up on their losses in life and take it on on others. Like, like even the people that right. that, have, that have short-term here, like, like take their right. stock out, and they're in our community, and all of a sudden, they're so bitter. And I'm like, my, my, move on. <laughs> like, there, there's more opportunities. Yeah, it's I... funny how people get hung up like that. And, you know, you still see him tweeting about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, and he's still so angry about it and it's like come on man just you know let go of all this anger in your heart and you know try and enjoy your life have fun but i don't know if he knows how to let's see what other questions earl says aren't those the same account yes (laughs) we are we are we have the same pr team running both our accounts oh yeah that worked for Tesla. Yeah. And, okay, how is K10 doing after the destruction from the fire? So I would love to touch on up on that. Um, my The primary residence I was in does, did not burn. Um, the winds died down and things shifted. So I'm doing well. People I do know lost their houses. But, I mean, wow. I, think, I think when you lose, I, I mean, that's hard. I remember someone saying that they were having a hard time <laughs> with people driving by and gawking at their property. And that was hard for me to understand because people want to see and take in like the loss of how close it was, but the other people are feeling it's such a loss or something they can't have back. So that's really hard. But um, I feel blessed. Like it, it didn't affect me. Like I thought it would. I, I was actually um, away some of the time on a girl's trip and um, being updated on some of the events that were happening. But um, the week before the fires had started, I did state, I was just thinking out loud and, and stating like, you know, I think 2020 is dying down <laughs> and, and you should never like, what do like, you mean? It's it just like the craziness of what was going on in 2020. Like what's next, you know, what is next month going to serve? I felt like in September, like, well, don't jinx it. Exactly. So those are the words you do not say because <laughs> it arrives like at your doorstep. <laughs> so people should not. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't say anything about my health after that. I wasn't like, <laughs> So 2020 can be well, summoned. If there's one thing about it, I think this this year has really shown people that this stuff all matters. Yeah. When we had the lockdowns, we saw what it's like to have clean air. Yeah. With some of the crazy weather and fires and all that, we've seen, you know, how even small differences in our climate can have really big impacts on people's lives yeah we've seen so much for one year i think it's 
it's wild how things keep changing drastically. I mean, I, it's nuts. I hope it dies down. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's why it's really fun to follow the Tesla story because as everything has gone to shit this year, at least there's one thing you can look at and be excited about, which is the electric vehicle transition. It's happening way faster than anybody thought. Yeah, it definitely has benefited from 2020, ironically. Like it was, it was. Right. That's, that's the strange thing about it. I mean, we had that oil crash on 420. Oh my gosh, that was nuts. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember the prices went negative. Yeah. On the futures. Like no one could have predicted that. It was just the irony is nuts. Like the Saudis gonna the Saudis were gonna secure it at four twenty and they're the ones with all the oil and now like four twenty and like oil's below zero a barrel. <laughs> yeah, fate loves irony, I guess. But I mean it's been really tough for those oil companies. Um a lot of them have gone out of business just simply because if the price of oil is low, it's just hard for them to make money. Right. Or they have to reinvent themselves like British Petroleum, looking like they're natural gas. Right, yeah. Right. A lot of them are trying to, you know, reinvent their business model, try and figure out ways to survive and uh, stay growing. But a lot of exploration has stopped. A lot of drilling has stopped because the price is so low. And as long as the world is locked down, prices are probably going to stay low yeah um and uh one you know if things start picking up again prices are probably going to spike really high so this kind of stuff you know where the oil companies are having a tough time and supply is contracting it is kind of moving us closer to the electric vehicle transition definitely it's a good thing yeah where, where do you think the next Segura factory is going to uh, come out? I mean, people are speculating Asia. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, I think they could have another one in Asia. Like um, another one in China? You know, maybe Korea. Maybe Korea. Yeah, that would be interesting. That's what I yeah, think. I don't think you'd want to have... You know, there's a lot of political risk in China. Right. Um, it's It's a little bit of a strange situation politically there. If they were going to do another Asian gigafactory, I think you'd want to do it in like Korea or Japan. Right. Just just because if something goes to shit with China, tariffs, um, you know, some kind of government issue that you could have, at least then you've got the other Asian gigafactory going. Yeah, the population in Japan is quite high and that... that compact vehicle would be a seller for sure yeah definitely what other any other interesting news you can think of that happened hmm. i mean elon tweeted a storm today i feel like i missed some of it and then i was <laughs> back. yeah well, why do you think he was tweeting so much well i think you think he's in a good mood or something i think yeah i think things are really positive i mean battery day was hugely positive he's going to be launching what 24 days out and he's going to be launching the round two of the crew dragon one that's going to be going back to the space station they received more contracts for the uh 
Starlink with the Department of Defense to alert other oh, missiles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, SpaceX is doing amazing stuff. Um, the battery stuff that's going into production is just insane. I mean, we're literally, I mean, this is at the point now where everybody needs to stop and pay attention because this isn't just about electric vehicle fans anymore. Every single person and company is going to be affected by what's happening at Tesla and more broadly what's happening in the industry because of what Tesla's doing and everybody's following. Um, with the batteries and autonomy, it's really going to change everything. It's going to change energy. Um, it's going to start changing the way that people live all around the world. And it's going to start happening a lot faster than people think. Right. I mean, we were, what was it, probably a month ago, utilities, Tesla utilities, we keep on speculating how that's going to be changing quite a lot. Because people see Tesla, I mean, the average Joe sees Tesla as a car company, and they forget how much it's an energy company. And like Elon was, Elon was saying, I mean, they're going to be the best in manufacturing in the world. And this is not just with cars, like they're thinking about energy and changing the world that way too, you know, like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a big part of why renewables haven't been able to replace fossil fuels for energy and electricity is that the batteries are too expensive. So you still need to have the fossil fuel plant because you can turn it on and off whenever you want. Mm -hmm. But if batteries are cheaper, that makes the cost of a renewable plus battery solution cheaper. And that starts to price out the fossil fuel plants. Definitely. So everybody is looking at the investment of the batteries. We've got like LG Chem, we've got cattle, and people are investing in these companies. But I mean, I was just talking to um, a guy that was with Piedmont Lithium the other day, and people are just barely, I mean, Piedmont Lithium is one of the groups they're contracting with for their lithium. And then there's the nickel. But Tesla is just looking into some of that mining. And in my opinion, they kind of have already some stuff underhand that they're not mentioning. But I, I mean, they're going to look for more suppliers for these materials for lithium. And and they're partnering with them to help them bring them up to speed because it's like, it's like looking for somebody to do it and they can't find anyone to do it fast enough. So they partner with them and kind of vertical integrate it so it can get going faster. It's like, we need you at this momentum. And so I think we're going to see a whole lot more of that and a lot more investments into these materials, which I think is kind of going to be big. Yeah, that's one of the really interesting things is how they are just vertically integrating everything from literally the mining to the cell production to the battery pack to actually integrating the battery pack into the structure of the vehicle. It's something that is really hard to replicate. Yeah. By someone else. I mean, who's going to do that much from top to bottom? For the other car companies, ha you know, most of their cars are gas cars, right? Right. So you, how are you going to invest all this money in mining, you know, battery materials and s structural battery packs and all this stuff when EVs are such a small part of your business, right? But Tesla can really make it their whole business from top to bottom, the whole thing, and make all the pieces fit together to get the best results. Yeah, it's really fascinating. It was really fun when we had Sandy Monroe on third row and talked about that. 
I mean, he it kind of opened up. I mean, that was like early in the year. And I think he started doing podcasts after that. But he was talking about just manufacturing and how Tesla has got the engineers to die for. How Tesla is doing vertically integrated that car companies don't even do. Like they're horizontally integrated. Like they buy the parts and they bring them in house, but they don't they don't make the parts. And Tesla's doing everything. Yeah, Sandy is really excited about Battery Day and all this stuff. And seeing him excited and people like Shirley Ming excited is really what makes me excited because the mainstream media may not get it, but the experts are really excited. Yeah. Definitely. Here's a question someone asked. How do you think um, we get the average Joe more excited about this? Because the average Joe is happy with their gas car and they're not even aware half the time. So, Well, we don't want the average Joe to be too excited yet. <laughs> we want them to look at the cars that are already for sale. But when people see that they can get a truck for you know, $40,000 and they're going to save this much on gas every month and they don't even have to pay for it because it's autonomous. You know, I think it's going to kind of sell itself. Yeah, true. I mean, the demand is already there, so they've got to keep up with the demand. The products will speak for themselves. And the main thing that Tesla has a problem with is that People haven't been in their cars yet. That's true. Right. I mean, that's Jim Cramer. That's what won him over, right? His his daughter and wife. Right. Exactly. So I think the Tesla network is going to be a big part of this. And a big part of getting people into the cars and seeing them. And the rest will go from there. But it's really kind of an unconventional strategy. You've never seen a mass market car. That doesn't advertise. I mean, it's never been done in the history of cars. Yeah. I mean, I think, is it Steve? It wasn't. Go ahead. It wasn't possible. Yeah. We live in such a different age. I mean, Twitter is this platform that wasn't around before, and it's quite a great way to disseminate information out to the masses. Right. I mean, at some point, they'll have to start advertising. I feel like you can't reach the whole world on Twitter. But... um but yeah, it's definitely interesting. They're taking an, an unconventional approach for sure. A lot of it's word of mouth mm-hmm. and seeing it for yourself rather than reading about it or, you know, being sold something. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, is it Stephen Mark Ryan? Is that his name? The channel he runs? Yeah. He did a thing on that yeah, today hilarious. about it. It's hilarious. His stuff is Solving great. the money problem. Uh-huh. He, I mean, I, all mm-hmm. clean, very, it's it's a great 10 minute little blurbs half the time. Um, He was talking about the PR to, PR and how how YouTube and Twitter, I mean Tesla Tesla has this army of people that that disseminate the fud. They they take things head on like like the passion that people have for Tesla. Like Tesla doesn't have to pay for advertising right now because we do so much. We spend so much time. I mean, <laughs> doing that for them, right? <laughs> you get paid, right? Yeah, and you know it's interesting <laughs> because I mean you have a lot of people like Aaron Greenspan who don't understand this and they're saying oh these people are talking about tesla they're defending tesla that must mean they're getting paid right and they don't understand the idea of a product that customers fall in love with and when they see someone saying it's not a you know it's a piece of shit car 
they go out and they say, no, you know, I really like it. Um, and that's kind of what Tessa Q can't really wrap their heads around for some reason. Yeah, that's right? interesting. They don't, it's like they can't understand a drive for a passion besides monetary gain. Like they, they, they can't believe someone would do something without monetary gain. And they believe that Elon is out to like be so corrupt right. that he's only doing it for monetary gain. Right. I think they kind of project a lot of themselves <laughs> yes. onto Elon. They kind of project, you know, what what they would do or kind of how they would think. And they assume, you know, somebody else is thinking the same way. I mean, I think you saw that kind of with Trevor a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, some of these people who assume the worst intentions, it's because they have bad intentions themselves. True. They give themselves away with their own. And so they assume everyone thinks like they do. Yeah, which there's a few of those Tesla Q bigger accounts that are just mind-boggling. Like, they continue to beat this dead horse. I'm like, can you just move on now? Like, they, they've, they've eventually, they've lost, but they yeah. won't move on. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's more than, it's more than money now. It's emotion, right? They feel personally scorned by elon and they don't care about losing more money they just have to be proven right and they have to get elon and that's kind of why they were so happy to to befriend befriend trevor milton and nicola because it was like oh here's somebody who is against tesla right, right? they're suing tesla so the fr- the enemy of my enemy is my friend right, right? And these these supposed amazing fraud detectives just were completely fooled. I mean, talk about fate right? loves irony, it's right? Hilarious! Like they chose the losing. I mean, they horse. could they couldn't see the <laughs> <laughs> right, and it just goes to show that it's not actually about fraud or making money on a short or anything like that. It's just about hating Elon and Tesla. It, you know, it's an emotional thing. They're vested for sure. They put so much into it. I'm sure they've taxed their families. They've taxed their jobs. I mean, this is the hill they're going to die on. Definitely. They're, they're dying on it. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost like a cult kind of community yeah. in a way. Where, you know, if if someone was to come out and say, guys, you know what? This is total bullshit. <laughs> what are we doing? Right? They would Maybe block him. One guy like, totally... <laughs> he lost everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a few people have said that. Like, like, like Martian Short, you know, is so awesome. And, you know, they blocked him. Right? And th- there are, you know, there there are a few shorts, actually, that I, you know, get along with. Do you have any shorts that you talk to? Uh, I Well, Tesla Poles will give me the time of day. And so... You know, ATX, yeah. I forget the bolt guy. Yeah, I mean, I talk, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, AT, I mean, ATX is great. I mean, he was Tesla Q and he got a bolt and he loves the <laughs> bolt and he goes out and defends that bolt. People, Tesla fans tell him that his bolt is ugly. He goes, fuck you guys. I fucking love my I bolt. Love and, you know, people who have a, yeah, and, you know, people who have a bolt, they love it. You know, I haven't heard anyone who has a bolt who says, I don't like it. They, they say, this is a great car. So, you know, and, uh, you know, Tesla, Tesla Poles is, a, is another one. Me and Scott actually did a podcast Ooh. with him. 
That's interesting. So, you know, I think this is, it's just really crazy that, you know, Aaron would, like the day after my Bloomberg story got published, he went and filed a police report against me and told the police that Elon was paying me. And just like, you know, it's crazy to me that people would actually go and try and hurt each other, you know, just, I guess, to protect his reputation or try and threaten me to keep me quiet or whatever. Um, And that, I mean, you you hear these kind of crazy conspiracy theories and hatred a lot from from some of the Tesla Q side. And it's sad that we can't actually just talk to each other. You know, how do you think, like, I mean, I guess, how did things get this bad, right? Where it's just a super polarized issue, just a car company, right? I mean, it's a car. Who cares? But there are these people who just hate Elon's guts and hate Tesla. And then there's these people who, you know, just love Elon and just follow his every word, right? right? Um, How did this kind of situation emerge? And do you think there's any hope in the future of peace ever where people might actually unblock each other and, you know, talk and, you know, not try and hurt each other anymore? Oh, I guess it depends on... What is that saying? Where your heart is, there your treasure is also? I guess it depends on where their treasure is and what they really love. I mean, if someone feels so wounded mm-hmm. by how much they've yeah. thrown into it, maybe they never will. Because some people always need to be, they need always right. be the, the antithesis. They always need, they always need to be the victim or the hero. And they need somebody always to be, you know, the opposite of them that's, that's giving them trouble. I don't know. I would hope so. I mean, maturity and responsibility and, Healthiness says we should, but since when do, you know, you're trying to fit people into a perfect scenario? I I would hope so. I think some people will, but I think there's a lot of humiliation on the part of the shorts now, just trying to like, how do you go quietly into the night after all that? You know, like. (laughs) Right. Especially, I think some of the loudest ones, they really put their reputation on the line. Yeah. Um, So to be so, so, so to be so wrong. They're really admitting that not only are they stupid and failed to see, mm-hmm. you know, one of the greatest business stories of our generation, but they were so loud about it. Right. Right. They were so rude to everybody. And they said, fuck you guys, you idiots. Don't you see? It's a fraud. It's the most obvious fraud ever. And they were mean and nasty and accused Elon of killing Grimes yeah, she was in the trunk. <laughs> all this stuff. And then it was all just for nothing. Right? They were just wrong. They are really wrong. I mean, they yeah. run people's hedge fund, hedge fund accounts. I mean, Mark, Mark B. Spiegel, like he has a lot of people. He has to own up yeah. to after this. I mean, I would love to just have a, a lunch, a brunch with all his clients. Wow. Who are investing his money. You know, take them out to a nice brunch, have a croissant and ask them, you know, so Mark Spiegel is managing your money. You know, do you read his quarterly update letters (laughs) where every quarter he's losing (laughs) money? How do they miss short Amazon? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a red flag. (laughs) Yeah. 
He short do you, do you short Netflix <laughs> too? Like Netflix, Amazon, what and Tesla. Sure Amazon's going it's down. Like... I'm gonna short this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like oh my god, this is so overvalued. It's like you could almost assemble a fund that was just the opposite of his positions. Oh gosh, and it would do well. I like the I like the the dollhouse. So, yeah, I do wonder who they I are do too. The dollhouse in the back of his pictures is like. It's like the perfect analogy of like of like the empty house and how things aren't right. <laughs> I don't know. The dollhouse? I kind of vaguely remember this. What was the dollhouse? He house? just had a dollhouse behind his picture sometimes and it was so absurd or like him in the him in the bathroom. Yeah, he tweets from the bathroom. Yeah. And his, and his initials are BS. Yeah. I mean <laughs> Yeah. That's true. Mark BS. Well, you know, he's one of the better ones, honestly. Probably. I mean, he is vulgar towards women at times, and that's alarming, but. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he posts, you know, pretty insensitive comments that are rude, and I guess that's kind of his sense of humor, but, you know, at least he doesn't really go after people personally or do a lot of that kind of stuff that Aaron will do. No, he just, like, he trips himself up with his horrible I don't even know how he has a following of people who invest in him he must have like old I have no clue I'm not even gonna go there it's gotta just be like his grandma <laughs> it's like in all her, on all her friends they're all like he's a trust he's a trust baby and they're like old old nutty and they just they just don't even notice one day they're gonna look at the account and realize it's all gone <laughs> and then you have the slew of the Tesla employees that just can't can't move on that keep on hurting themselves it's like they like pain they think they've been wronged, but really they don't quite see it quite straight and they continue on. It's quite strange. Oh, uh, you mean the ex Tesla employees like Christina Bale? Yeah, or Martin Tripp. Like that he really shouldn't be saying much, but he keeps saying right. Well, I think the shorts really manipulated Martin Tripp. Yeah, he seems to be he seems to easily to take to that, unfortunately. He probably should have somebody who yeah. what he says. I think the shorts kind of tricked him and they told him, hey, you know, take some of this information and you'll get rich. And he said, yeah, that sounds good. Wow. And Tesla just had. I think her. that's probably something like that probably. Happened. They just announced that they had a third person that has sabotaged. So, so that's what that was kind of a big thing. They're saying someone had sabotaged the company, and that was kind of, I guess there's a there's a video of somebody, and I couldn't see it a model wise glass roof supposedly flying off. I don't know if it was ever verified, but that was the joke. Like maybe the person that sabotaged the company was in charge of making sure the model Y glass roof was stapled down, which it probably is nothing even. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. They, um... they completely sabotaged the whole computer. I guess it's possible. Or maybe that was their excuse for why the roof fell off. Well, maybe. That the, someone sabotaged it. But I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't I don't take that stuff. You know, like, you see a lot of those stories. Right. And they always end up being kind of, kind of bullshit or misleading. Like, that story about how, you know, Tesla took FSD away from somebody. And then it's like, okay, well... They bought the car used and it didn't have FSD on it. So, 
you know, we got like one three second video of a Model Y with no roof. We don't, we didn't see it flying off. And, you know, everyone just believes this stuff. They just, you know, don't really think they go, oh, yeah, a roof, you know, fell off on the highway. Sure. Um, (laughs) And then people think, you know, oh, yeah, Tesla's, you know, your roof's going to fly off. You know, and it's like, no, your roof's not going to fly off. Like, I've bought, you know, a few Teslas and my dad has had a few Teslas. I've had relatives, friends all get Teslas. You know, nobody's roof has ever flown off. And uh, I think if you get a Tesla, the roof is not going to fly off. Like, they really glue it on there very tight. And if for some reason... You know, some kind of freak accident. One of the roofs really did fly off. You know, food, obviously you need to make sure the, the roofs don't fly off ever. But I don't think it really changes anything. I don't think any anybody really needs to worry about the roof falling off. And, you know, I mean, who... <laughs> If the roof <laughs> if the roof flew off my Tesla, <laughs> I would take a lot of pictures. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, seriously, wouldn't you be like I would take a lot of <laughs> I would yeah. I would take a lot of pictures and videos <laughs> and you know, you would think it would be on the news or something like that a piece of glass was in the middle of the freeway right. or something like that. But um but definitely, you know, when I stopped I would take pictures and videos. Um, you, you would be you know, dumbfounded and it would pe- be online. People are... Yeah. I mean, definitely. I, even if I didn't post it online, I would definitely post a lot of pictures and video. I would take a lot of pictures and videos. Um, so, I mean, I think it is a little strange. I, you know, it's possible someone could have taken the roof off. You know? I, um, I personally would pull it but... over and I'd be like, look at this vehicle. Like, look, there's no roof. This is so strange. Like... <laughs> You know, I would be doing, I wouldn't be looking. Yeah, I think you're right there. That kind of critical thinking right there. Deducing. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't believe it. You know, it could be real for all I know. But, you know, it could also not be real. And, you know, it was just a three second clip. Like it was like a live photo or something. Yeah. Um, Which is... You know, I mean, I'm, I don't, you know, I don't know what to make of it. Is it going to affect my purchasing? No. no. And uh, should it anybody really think about it? No. But you used to see all these kind of crazy stories. Remember how many different kind of <laughs> stories there would be like this last year trying to basically say, you know, don't get a test like, I'm going to try to convince you your Tesla's going to catch on fire or, <laughs> you know, like what were some of the well, other ones? The like frozen and wompy I, wheels. The handle's frozen. <laughs> oh, yeah. The handle's frozen. I can't open it. Yeah. It's like, and then, yeah. Or, uh, you know, what were the wompy other wheels. ones? Um, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. The wompy wheels. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it just, it's anything related to Tesla is going to get noticed on social media. That's so true. there's always that kind of incentive and there's a lot of people trying to manipulate the stock. So, 
you never really know with these things. A lot of these stories are just hard to figure out if it's real or not. Well, Tesla's a hot buzzword. Or what it means. For sure. Just to mention it or to. I mean, yeah. we're seeing accounts that are popping up and I'm like, did they buy that car just so they could model in it? So they could get attention? So their account would grow? Like, <laughs> things are interesting. Like, you know, because Tesla's, re- people are seeing the positivity and <clears throat> it growing. It's, <clears throat> it's fascinating. And plus, like, the, back to the Tesla Q, you were saying how they were saying that Elon runs your account or you run all these accounts or he pays you or he pays us. Like, like you were saying how they kind of project mm-hmm. themselves and what's going on. In that kind of thinking, do you think that someone's paying them if that's what they keep going back to? You know what I mean? Well, they're doing it because they think they're going to get paid. Ah. And they actually ended up losing money. So that's like the worst thing. That's like if Elon told us to tweet about Tesla and he's going to pay us, but then we actually ended up having to pay him. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think they've lost $42 billion over the last 10 years. That's hilarious. I mean, that's, that's, it's sad. They could have, they've been warned. We've argued with them and tried to bring them to reality, but there's no. Yeah, that's the sad thing is they blamed us and they didn't listen. Yeah, that's horrible. That's kind of like your parent telling you not to do something and then you do it and then you blame them. Just like <laughs> a very childish maneuver. Do you have any... Uh, closing thoughts on everything on uh, Battery Day and everything that's happened. Battery Day. Mm. I'm gonna go rewatch the Battery Day slideshow for sure. Um, I'd like to touch up and do uh, talk more about Battery Day, like take it apart and talk more about the slides. Um, just a side note. I mean, sitting in the Model Y, I really loved it. I was like, wow, I like this more than I thought I would. And the white interior, I really loved that. Yeah, I guess. Uh... Let's wrap it up. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us on this podcast. We'll try and do some more. And we'll close off with uh, some voice messages that we got from the people on Twitter. Are you going to read no, this off? it's just going to play. So just say goodbye or whatever. <laughs> All right. Bye. Take Thank care. You. See you guys later. And we'll leave you with these shout outs. Yo, what's up, guys? Chris here on Twitter. I just wanted to say, Omar, you are a fucking beauty. K10, and we all love you. Keep fighting fun and spreading positivity. And yeah, peace. One 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 and zero 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 one one zero one zero zero one 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 and zero zero and one one one. Yeah, Anchor is a great platform. Glad you chose to use it. Can't wait to see what you come up with. Well, I guess hear what you come up with. Um, Twitter's been kind of glitchy for me, but this is Scott Pitty saying hi and see you on the flip side.